0: from REI. I'm so excited to have you here today, Steve.
1: Oh, it's good to be a part of this, Alexis. I am so happy that you finally put this podcast together because I have been excited to see where this podcast can go, and I'm definitely ready to be a part of it.
0: Nice, nice. It's such an honor. So would you mind giving the audience a little bit of an introduction?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, So to not go too far back, uh, but I am originally from Pittsburgh I grew up my entire life in Pittsburgh, PA, so 26 years, Um, and then I had a pretty drastic life change about seven months ago to where I uh, moved across the entire country, and I'm now officially based in Seattle, uh, working for REI on their technical SEO team. Uh, So I did uh, work with you at Merkle, obviously, for a couple of years there, um, and then decided to come in-house over to REI and uh, start the whole in-house journey um, with the team here.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And thanks so much for being my coworker for a few years. You know, we miss <laughs> you over here.
1: <laughs> I definitely <laughs> miss Michael at times. Uh, the chaos is uh, definitely something I missed a little bit. Loved it there.
0: Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Agency life, all the chaos that we have. <laughs> Has there <laughs> been any, any shifts in-house versus agency that you've seen?
1: Oh my gosh. It's a totally different world. I uh, came in here not expecting it to be a um, complete reversal of uh, what I once thought Of SEO and the work that we did, but Mm -hmm. everything from the day-to-day work to the long-term visions and how uh, work is approached, it's totally different. Um, Not in a bad or good way, uh, just something that I need to definitely get used to. And uh, I'm starting to get used to, I've been here for about seven months now, so I guess I better start getting used to it sooner or later, right? Yeah,
0: (laughs) definitely. And so what would be like one example of something along those lines for someone that's you know, maybe works in-house and has never seen the agency side of the business?
1: Yeah, so it definitely relies and comes down to the relationships, uh, relationships with uh, your developers, relationships with product managers, project managers. Uh, It's imperative to get um, work moving forward. Um, Back in agency life, uh, you would do this great deliverable. You'd pass it off to your contact at the uh, whatever client you're working on. Um, And then they would do the hard part of making the relationships and making that work move forward. Um, It's definitely a different uh, vibe and a different atmosphere when not only do you do the work, but then you also have to figure out the relationships and how to push that work forward. Uh, So that's probably the biggest hurdle and something that I'm starting to get used to now.
0: Definitely. And do you find that there's any personality differences or things that are really effective with developers versus someone like merchandising?
1: Uh, wow, totally different personalities. Uh, I think really? with, with the developers, they're so intertwined and close to the code and close to the work that they've been putting in um, on the site um, that they really have an affinity towards it. And it's kind of like their little piece of art. Uh, so you almost have to talk to them in a sense of um, you're not trying to change this beautiful painting, this beautiful art that they've built. Mm-hmm. Um, you're trying to work with them. Um, and then with the on the merchant side of things, they're kind of just trying to move fast. Um, So the merchants are trying to get things out. They're trying to kind of do what's best for the user. Um, So you really have to balance uh, which best for SEO, which best for user experience, and which kind of best for conversion rate as well. So uh, it's kind of balancing a lot of different factors, and you really got to put different hats on when you're talking to those different departments.
0: And do you guys deal a lot with executive or C-suite people?
1: Uh, So me personally, uh, not so much, but my team, uh, very much so. REI is... Uh, in a great position where they, up from my level to the C-suite, they understand that SEO is imperative for our success, uh, brings in a massive portion of our business, and the C-suite really recognizes that. Talking to them and really putting deliverables uh, together for them has been a huge switch up for me as well because uh, they like to have their information quick and it likes to be concise, uh, and I really like to be long-winded and fully explain uh, my ideas. (laughs) So... I've had to uh, kind of constrain that and put it into uh, some concise words that I'm still getting used to because I, like I said, very long-winded usually.
0: (laughs) Very long-winded. Thinking about it right now, should probably stop talking. (laughs) Yeah, it can be really tough when you're really passionate about something to not go or talk too much about it, especially when you're close to the details. Mm -hmm. But I can imagine that, you know, someone who has to control everything would have a would want to make sure everything was a little bit more
1: terse
0: in their day. So do you find that it's really useful or imperative to have that executive support? And how do you think that shapes an organization? Do you think it would be much more challenging to to do your job without
1: that? Uh, It would be incredibly difficult to do my job without that, Uh, Um, especially with an organization the size of REI. Um, Everyone has their own mindsets, and some of them are set kind of in stone. Um, So to actually have that support from the C-suite, to where when we push a project forward, that's kind of a massive change for the site. Uh, It's not just the three of us on the SEO team pushing that project forward, uh, but we have that buy-in from the C-suite that, um, as you could be, uh, as you could recognize and be aware that when they get that push from the C-suite, projects tend to move faster forward. Um, so not only, not, um, you can imagine, I'm guessing. I'm, uh, I'm
0: imagining it right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's so nice. I know. Uh, it's it's uh, something that I didn't think would play as pivotal of a role as it did um, moving projects forward, but um, right when that project gets started and that C-suite kind of gets behind it, um, you can watch the project kind of get propelled forward over ones that don't actually have that backing or um, that kind of reliance on the C-suite as well.
0: And so are there any secret tips or tricks to winning C-suite approval?
1: Numbers. (laughs) (laughs) I would say is the biggest mover. Um, What we really try to do um, and what I have been actually putting a pretty huge focus on for the first seven months here is um, educating um, the C-suite, educating the developers, educating the program Mm -hmm. managers um, just to have the knowledge of SEO. So when they actually look at a project and a project comes through their backlog, Um, They don't just recognize it as um, something the SEO team's trying to do. Um, People are starting to recognize in the organization that this is something that the SEO team's trying to do specifically for the customer. Um, So when when the C-suite and when the developers start to recognize that the SEO team is just making uh, strategic moves to enhance the customer's experience, um, there's a really big switchover, I think, from where it once was where the SEO team was just trying to rank better or trying to um, kind of be Google in a specific way. We're now more just trying to make our language and make our focus that we're all here for the customer. And when everyone kind of gets in that same room and that same mentality, I think it's a huge advantage for any project that goes forward.
0: You mentioned that we started off more ranking focused and then we've developed into a more user experience focused overall. How do you feel that that message has changed what you do?
1: Yeah, it's a super hard balance to kind of get right. Uh, You want to make SEO changes, and uh, some SEO changes aren't the best thing for users. Um, So we really, uh, at REI at least, we work very closely with our UX team to make sure that if we're making an SEO change, does it also advance the user experience of the site? Uh, Because if you make an SEO change and you get that little traffic or ranking boost, uh, but then it takes away from your UX on the site, um, then you lose that traffic and it kind of goes null anyway. Um, and that's the same vice versa. A big UX move could really detract from SEO. And then, then it nulls out all of that work again. Um, so we're really focusing on um, when we want to make an SEO move, um, we talk to the UX team and we kind of combined our power and our knowledge to make a move that actually propels both programs. Um, that's what's kind of been a big unlock for us that, um, we're not just making SEO-specific moves anymore. Um, we're really leaning on other departments um, to make uh, holistic moves more so.
0: Very lovely. And I'm sure Google would definitely appreciate the direction you guys are moving in as well.
1: I hope you <laughs> do. Do you think
0: that's more challenging for other organizations that may have not adapted that mentality?
1: Uh, yes. I think, like I said, it was a big unlock uh, for REI. And I think it's just been um, somewhat recently happening to where... Um, we're putting more of a focus on that holistic view. I -hmm. think companies that are uh, maybe either don't have a really big UX team or don't have uh, the developer buy-in like REI does, uh, it's going to be a huge problem to get over. But I really do believe in uh, documentation and teaching the organization is a huge and pivotal step uh, for any SEO team. I couldn't imagine relying on just the trust of uh, just the other departments trusting the SEO team for what we're giving them. Um, You don't just build trust by throwing work at other departments. You build trust by getting them on the same page, getting them behind your projects and having them actually understand the why, not just the actual project that's going on. Um, So it's going to be, I think, pivotal moving forward because SEO is getting to a point where uh, we're starting to make Everyone's kind of good at the overall SEO tasks that you need to do on your day-to-day and big sites. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's starting to get into really minute uh, changes that are actually moving the needle. Um, And those minute changes are in desperate need of other departments to help those changes move forward.
0: And so how do you decide what to educate your developers on or your C-suite on, especially considering how fast our industry moves? And how often do you think it's important to refresh their knowledge?
1: It's incredibly tough to keep up with uh you know that for sure um we've uh, done training programs together in the past and i've been trying to put a training together at rei right now and it's, mm. it's it evolves so quickly that what do you <laughs> teach, what do you teach developers right you teach them something yeah. one day and then it's like five days later like actually uh google changed something and it doesn't make sense anymore for you we've taken a focus though on teaching the incredible basics um, so the, the mm-hmm. 101s of pagination, the 101s of facet navigation, things that aren't going to change anytime soon, um, no matter what really Google makes a big change or um, what these search engines are actually making and changing, mm-hmm. um, there's some factors of SEO that aren't going to change. Um, at least I would like to think so. Um, so we're teaching them mm-hmm. uh, basic uh, meta elements, just what are the meta elements. Um, we ha- you have to really take a stance of, Everyone, even though you may think that everyone knows what a meta element is or everyone knows what pagination is, uh, they definitely don't. Um, and that's not a knock. That's not a knock on developers. That's not a knock on our creative team. Um, normal people and in, uh, in normal jobs shouldn't know what the correct way to implement facet navigation for SEO is. As simple as that. Um, so we really get down to the bare the bare facts that these things aren't going to be changing. This is the correct way to do it. Um, And we're really just going through the simple one-on-one best practices with them. And then we build documentation around boilerplate, basically requirements of you build a site. These are at least the general structural uh, SEO factors that you're going to need to take into place when you're building that site. Um, So we do try to build some guardrails around um, site builds and deployments as well.
0: Nice. And so you mentioned that you're a technical SEO. when when you talk about REI, do you have a content component to your work or is it, do you have someone that's your equivalent on the content side?
1: Yeah, so uh, right now we have uh, three people on the technical side and we have Mm -hmm. two people on the content side of SEO. Um, So they're doing, as you can imagine, content strategy, content deployment, keyword research. Um, They do uh, kind of run the whole gambit of content SEO for us. Um, So we're really more focused on how bots are coming to our site, um, all the technical aspects, the rendering of our pages, uh, so on and so forth on that side of things.
0: And do you think that breakout's really useful to have?
1: Yes, there is, uh, especially uh, maybe for a smaller business, uh, you might be able to get an SEO that is going to be able to do both sides of the house. Uh, but for mm-hmm. a company the size of REI or even a middle uh, middle tier company, um, there's just simply too much work to be done. I've worked in the agency life where... Um, we were a part of both programs, um, and it's overwhelming sometimes. Content SEO and then switch over to technical SEO and then switch back to content SEO. Uh, so I think it's absolutely crucial um, to deploy two different teams that uh, have the time, the energy, and the brain capacity to focus on just one technical SEO or one specific content SEO factor.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I like the idea conceptually, too, because do you find that on your team that the people who tend to like more problem solving, more technical development programming type of things gravitate towards technical, whereas people who are more artistic or marketing based gravitate more towards content or are there any like breakouts that you see there?
1: It's that fact, but also more of just the simple path that people have taken. Uh, For me, when I worked through Merkle, I just gravitated more towards um, that getting in the weeds factor or that um, finding out or uh, kind of putting together that puzzle of these search algorithms. Um, so I really got interested in the fact and I kind of started gearing myself more towards the technical side of things. Even though I still enjoyed the content side of things and I do have that artistic sense when I am focusing on content, um, I just found my ground and my passion. Yeah, my, I guess it would be a passion. Um, my passion towards the technical side of SEO. Um, so i i don't know if it's a specific skill set that drives you one way or another uh, but more of a specific passion of how you want to spend you know 40 hours a week Um, and i found it that technical seo uh, takes up most certainly all 40 hours of my week um, and i really enjoy it so i think yeah you got to follow your passion on that one
0: nice that's so lovely (laughs) okay so working for a technical seo in e-com what does a day-to-day look like for instance
1: Yeah, I mean, like any SEO out there that's going to be listening to this, uh, your day-to-day changes uh, very drastically. Uh, So it is nothing different when you get into a specific technical SEO role. Um, For the most part, I can say every day I come in and I am uh, looking at our log files. I am looking at um, some reporting. Uh, We use some uh, reporting tools that we get into and can look at kind of our uh, pulse on the site. Um, So I do that just about every day, and that's just to kind of stay close to the site and keep understanding how the site's evolving. Then on the outside of that stuff, it is kind of a a whole mess of things that I could be doing. Um, So at some days and most days, I do focus on, especially that I'm kind of new to this position at REI, uh, I'm focusing on a lot of training and a lot of documentation right now. Uh, We want to get our program to the point where No matter what position you're at in the company, um, there's an outlet and an asset that you can go look at that can answer your questions about SEO. We have so many questions that come in, and every SEO out there has an absolute absorbent amount of questions that come in throughout the day from different departments, uh, people trying to figure out very sometimes simple and sometimes very specific questions. Uh, We're trying to at least get the simple questions off our plate um, so people have a resource to go to and kind of answer that simple question. Um, So day-to-day, I'm doing a lot of documentation. um, And then we're really kind of just uh, code review is a massive uh, part of our days as well. Um, REI has eight different sites. uh, Mm -hmm. So we are consistently and continually deploying um, different pieces across different sites. um, And we always are in code review, uh, making sure that things that are being deployed are going to be SEO friendly. Um, So i I think that kind of covers as much as I could be doing throughout the day Um, and then I know
0: that was it that's all you could be doing (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot you know just going through all the logs and you know reviewing the entire code of the site yeah
1: (laughs) it fills up a day pretty quickly
0: yeah definitely so do you think there are any really important elements for e-commerce technical seos to get right
1: yeah uh, i mean you have the all the basic technical seo uh elements that you need to be getting correct um, those are kind of the broader ones um, like pagination tags you need to get correct um, internal linking and taxonomy you need to get correct um, but we're really in a day and age where um, has you know and this is not new to anyone but javascript uh is a part of sites now right uh, JavaScript is everywhere on sites. And uh, although Google says they can render it and we're in that kind of back and forth phase, um, the real big focus right now is getting those page rendered properly, uh, actually getting all the elements on a page recognized by Google. Um, and it's yeah. way more difficult um, than you could ever imagine just sitting on the outside looking in. Uh, you look at a page and you're like, well, obviously, Google can see all that. So there's not going to be any problem there. Um, but then you really dig into it and um, you can come across just about any instance on any site where um, there might be a a space on the site that isn't going to be recognized by Google for one reason or another. Um, So getting everything server-side rendered or um, at least in that space is going to be absolutely pivotal for sites moving forward. Uh, I know that's a difficult ask for a lot of different sites, but that is the way forward and the easiest, I think, way forward. Next is going to be around Uh, especially for an e-commerce site, facet navigation, uh, it's a really, really tough one to get right, um, and it can get out of control pretty quickly. Um, So nailing down what categories you want indexed, nailing down what categories you want uh, no indexed, what categories you actually want Google to be uh, finding the products on, and so on and so forth, um, getting that right and getting Google uh, accessible to these pages, um, it opens up new traffic avenues in a pretty insane way, to be honest. We just started moving into really opening up a good bit of our facets and uh, kind of getting fast navigation right. And it's incredible, the traffic that starts coming in when you just open up these insanely specific facets. Uh, It it surprised me at first, actually. Uh, And then the last thing I have here is, this is more of a minor one, but it's continuously finding and fixing bugs. I don't think there's enough focus on work that was already deployed a year ago or two years ago and keeping up with that work i think sites across the internet lose an absorbent amount of traffic from things that have been deployed uh, a year or more uh, in the past Um, maybe you're not keeping up with code or something deploys and just minor changes a a specific section of the site let's say uh, something's deployed and it takes the title tag off of this very small section of product pages or takes the uh, H1 and changes it to an H2 on some of your main pages. Uh, These little fixes and letting them actually stay broken for longer periods of time uh, drastically and negatively affect sites. So I think uh, making sure that you have an incredibly acute pulse on your site and know when things break, know when things change um, is pivotal to keeping the ground that you've already uh, made from all the changes that you've actually made on the site.
0: So do you use any specific tools to keep up with that. Something like, you know, like a little warden or an uptime robot type of thing.
1: Uh, can you repeat that one? You just broke out a little bit, sorry. Oh,
0: yeah, definitely. So I know that one of my favorite tools is Uptime Robot to make sure that the site is live and the robots.txt is live, mm. I basically. So you have a crawler that pings your site every few minutes or so and checks to see if every it's returning a 200 status code. But then there's another tool that's really popular too that, I'm really interested in called Little Warden.
1: Wow, oh, I've never heard of that
0: one. Yeah, and basically you set it up to crawl certain pages on your site and it make sure that I think there's like 30 SEO elements that its canonical tag is the same that you know nothing has broken or anything along those lines because I know uh-huh. that that's like a huge problem that we have as well where where changes will be pushed live on a certain part of the site and you won't be aware of it until you look at your performance the next month and you're like oh gosh something's wrong and then you go in proactively identify what that is but at the same time you still suffer the consequences of having done something wrong
1: exactly it's not just making the fixes it's really uh making the fixes as immediate as possible is really the pivotal part there
0: and i'm curious too how do you balance and how do your developers balance the need for a strong user experience with speed? Because speed is part of that user experience, but at the same time, the more JavaScript, the heavier sites get, the more image heavy and visual, that tends to add on more weight to the site. So how, mm-hmm. have you seen anything that you've, you guys have done or in the industry that has helped balance those two?
1: Yeah, it's a really tough problem. Uh, we, we do luckily have, um, and have in the past, uh, put audits out there and had some developers dedicate a large portion of their time towards site speed and actually getting pages smaller and a little more minified for some of the pieces of code. Um, so we do have some focus there. Uh, I think one of the not easiest solutions, of course it's not an easy solution, but one of the uh, more straightforward solution is uh, getting a little bit more into lazy loading content. Wow. Um, there's a yeah, There's a huge opportunity, uh, especially for e-commerce sites that, um, like for instance, ours that's downloading thirty products on product page, uh, product display pages, um, or just uh, we have videos that are happening below the fold on our homepage. Um, so specific pieces of content, all of your site can be lazy loaded, um, and it drastically takes the weight off a page. I mean, you can only imagine. Um, let's say we have thirty products on a product page, um, but only six are above the fold. If you don't have to download 24 products at the initial load, um, it drastically reduces the page speed. Lazy loading, I would say, is kind of one of the bigger uh, factors to tackle if you really want to shave off a good bit of time on a page.
0: Definitely. And are you worried about Google being able to crawl that content?
1: Uh, no, not in the most part. The way uh, we have it set up uh, and the way Google's kind of um, put it out there and made it accessible to understand if they are um reading that lazy loaded information or not. Uh, there's a couple documents that Google's came out with. Uh, I think it was the Puppeteer uh, API that you can run. You can see if Google's actually seeing your lazy loaded content. Uh, so there's there's definitely documentation out there that uh, if you give it to a developer, they'll be able to run a few tests that uh, kind of ensure that Google's seeing everything that um, they should be seeing on your page. Uh, so we don't have too much of a worry with Google uh, passing up our uh, products or anything like that that's lazy loaded throughout our site. Sweet. Good. Yeah.
0: Um, Okay, so do you believe the relationship between SEO and e-commerce sites has changed over the last five years?
1: Uh, I would have to say yes in a simple fact that for me, uh, I worked in the agency life for about three years, and I didn't really get too intertwined with that relationship between the developers. Um, But now, just being at REI for the seven months and hearing about uh, the past conversations that have had at REI, that have been had at REI, and these conversations that are now happening at REI, um, mm-hmm. I think these relationships um, are drastically changing. Um, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not looked at as, at least for a mature organization that's really um, has built this relationship up. It's getting across the fact that developers and SEOs should not be a segregated division. Um, that is a one team moving forward mentality that really brings success upon a department. When developers started understanding that SEOs are not, if you have a good SEO team at least, are not making changes um, just to improve SEO and just to get their bottom line up. Um, You have to start realizing that everyone has that same goal of more traffic and more time on site. So you have to start realizing that the developers are making the exact same Moves as the SEO team in a sense of everyone's working for the same goal, Um, so there's not much segregation anymore between the departments, Um, and it's it really comes down to developers starting to realize that the work that I'm doing affects SEO, and SEOs start really realizing that the work that they're doing affects developers, and developers don't like when their code is changed. They don't like when Uh, They have people coming in and just blowing up everything they've worked on. So you really, as an SEO, have to step back and start realizing that this is their piece of work. This is their body of work. And they've put a ton of time and effort into this. And you have to come in with a a face and the hat that we're not trying to explode the work that you've done. We're just trying to enhance it uh, and make the customer's experience as good as possible. Um, So really coming in with... a We understand the work that you've done. We understand where you've come from, Mm -hmm. I think, is the big changeover from where it used to be, where you would just kind of throw work over the fence and say, change this on your page.
0: Definitely. Okay, that was awesome. (laughs) Changing gears a little bit, what do you think are the top challenges large e-commerce sites face today?
1: Uh, So I would say first and foremost, uh, it's building a full ecosystem that Mm -hmm. interlinks itself. Uh, what I mean by that is, uh, for REI as another example, um, we have eight different sites, um, and an e- co- a large e-commerce site has a bunch of different avenues that customers are going to be coming into. Um, so for REI, a customer might be coming into expert advice, they might be coming into the co-op journal, they might be coming into a product page. Uh, we have to realize and understand that when a customer comes into this specific avenue, we still need to provide them the entire site experience. And it's incredibly difficult. And I'm not saying this in a sense that REI has this figured out. I think that's, it's kind of an ongoing project. Um, how can we better connect the customer to the entire site at any time? Um, but once a site gets over that fact and really understands and um, moves toward connecting a user uh, to the entire piece of content uh, and expert advice when they're on a product page and so on and so forth, uh, it's a big unlock for them, I think. Um, it's it's a huge and a difficult problem, um, but that is definitely one of the uh, focuses that REI has to kind of make a full ecosystem. Um, and I, I really do think the search engines, uh, Google specifically, uh, takes into fact that when a site has a full ecosystem and a great customer experience, um, that kind of interlinks the entire site. Um, so I think it's huge there. Um, Second thing would be uh, findability. Um, so like I w- we were talking about before, I'm um, really digging into log files and making sure that uh, Google is actually finding all of your pages. Uh, I know that sounds obvious and um, kind of redundant, but there, there's times where I've found that a product page just isn't getting uh, viewed by Google, or one of our main category pages um, wasn't crawled by Google in the past week. And you start to dig into these and realize that, hmm, maybe the setup of my site isn't as advantageous as I thought it was for search engines to come to our site. So even though a customer comes to our site and can navigate around perfectly or can understand uh, the layout of our site very easily because they see it all, um, that does not mean that Google and these search engines are having the same and uh, similar and easy experience um, understanding and kind of getting through our entire site.
0: Nice. It's almost like the devil's in the details.
1: The devil is in the details. That's a great way to put it. I'll bring that up to my team.
0: Uh, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's it's only your words. I'm just. <laughs>
1: <laughs> last thing that I would say is uh, getting into speed. Uh, I know we can talk about uh, site speed probably for the rest of the time here, um, mm-hmm. but it's pivotal. I mean, there's been it's it's evident now that uh, in, uh, decreasing your site speed just means more customers are staying on your site longer, are enjoying the experience more. I know Google's come out with a study, Amazon has a study um, that they lose X amount of dollars uh, for a site being uh, milliseconds faster. Um, and it's crucial. I mean shaving off a millisecond or here or there and a second here or there um, really does drastically improve the business as a whole. You can make all these SEO changes, but if people simply are not getting that above the fold content in the right period of time, it really doesn't matter what SEO work you've done in the past. Um, people are not going to stay on your site because of speed specifically. So overcoming that and really understanding that the customer needs a fast site on both mobile and desktop is uh, it's crucial.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Well, thanks for sharing all of those tips with us. That was awesome. I think everyone's really going to respond really well to that. So thank you so much. Um, okay, so closing out for the closing question today, I've been asking everybody that comes on the podcast this question, and I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. But what are three nuggets of advice for an SEO working in e commerce? And let's just go for it in technical SEO, e commerce. And this can be anything, this can be interpersonal, site related, or something that you found useful.
1: Yeah, uh, so I would say the first. First big thing for any SEO is understanding your organization, the structure, the people that are in it, Um, so make those relationships first, make those relationships strong, and then start finding a way to make SEO digestible for all of those departments. Uh, SEO is not, uh, as we all know, and the people that are going to be listening to this understand that SEO is not something that you just learn overnight and completely understand the whole ecosphere of SEO. Uh, it's something that you have to practice and keep learning and keep understanding. Um, so I would say a huge and pivotal breakthrough is when an SEO can make a developer and a person on the creative team and a person on the content team understand SEO in this in a similar way. Um, so getting SEO to be understood in one way across the entire organization uh, is going to move projects faster. It's going to not only that, but it's going to actually make people want to work with the SEO team. And that's what we're all kind of striving for is to get developers reaching out to us about SEO. Um, so I would say that's the first big thing. Um, build those relationships and make SEO digestible for the, uh, those people that you're talking to. Yeah. Uh, second thing is going to be automate everything as, as much as you can. Make your life easier.
0: Automate
1: all, um, things. <laughs> automate all the things, uh, whether it's reporting, whether it's site monitoring. Uh, I, I can't tell you how much time I've spent on the same reporting every single week uh, and the same site monitoring every week. And just getting back that five or eight hours a week of time uh, is absolutely incredible. I can't even imagine um, not having that time now. Um, so Automate it uh, if you want to check for canonical tags or so every time you don't have to check the code when something deploys because you already have tests set up to catch those kind of things. Um, it just, it saves time in and in an, actually in an exponential way when you really have all that set up.
0: Nice. And
1: then, <laughs> and then last one, I would say, push your team, push your SEO team to be proactive and kind of find and understand where Google is going. Um, they give... They give, I mean, I know they don't give us much, but they do give us hints of where the SERP's going, of where their minds are kind of going, Um, keep close to the algorithm updates because it's going to start telling you that, okay, like for instance, mobile Gen when it came out, people started recognizing that let's get a mobile friendly site. I wonder what that means. And then all of a sudden the mobile first indexing rolled out. Some sites were ready for that and some lagged behind. Um, so we need to keep a close eye on Google, what they're doing and how they're acting, um, to really predict uh, where you want to take your site, um, whether it's going to be voice search or whether it's going to be whatever is the next thing for Google. Uh, just keep a close ear to everything they're working on, whether it be um, their patents that they're coming out or the new work that their uh, team just picked up. Uh, just keep it really close ear to all the news that's coming out of that organization.
0: Awesome. So educate, automate, and keep an ear to the ground. I love it. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on SEO in the lab today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you hear your voice on the line. That was super cool. <laughs>
1: yeah, I really appreciate you having me on this Alexis. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic thing for the SEO community to have another outlet of uh, awesome information. So thank you.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much. All right. Signing off. Thanks for listening to SEO in the lab. I hope it was super useful make sure to check out technicalseo.com backslash insights podcast to get episode notes, transcripts, and some bonus content. Also, if you have any questions or feedback, reach out at at merkleinc.com. You can also catch me on Twitter at Alexis K. Sanders. Thank you so much, Han Shen, for our intro and outro music. Until next time, this is Alexis signing off. Ciao.